Hello and welcome back to the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Sorry, this one is a little bit late. It's coming to you on a Tuesday instead of a Monday for the round two um, review. But that's because I have a special guest with me, one of my good friends, Xander Bell. Say hello, Xander. G'day, g'day, guys. Um, glad to be here. Let's get the show on the road. How you been finding the footy so far? Enjoying it? Uh, I think it's been a good couple of rounds to start off. Got a couple of golden point games. Uh, that South uh, Melbourne game was pretty good to watch. So, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, it's... um. Got to agree, it's been a great start to the season. And you mentioned that Melbourne and Souths game. We'll jump straight into that. Obviously, on the Thursday night, you mentioned Melbourne Storm defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs in extra time with a Ryan Pappenhausen field goal. What were your thoughts on that match? Um, honestly, first 60 minutes, you know, we thought it was a Melbourne masterclass. Uh, they are pretty much dominating the ruck the whole time. But um, something clicked, I feel like, in the South in the last 20 minutes. Just something, I don't know, something unexpected. Uh, 14 unanswered points until that field goal. But, um, yeah, it just shows that Souths do have that capability to match it with some of the good teams, but they're just going to perform it on a consistent basis, I think. Yeah, I think with... Um, I'll touch on Souths first in their last sort of 20-minute period. The, the big change was Jackson Paulo moving over to the right wing um, and Tane Milne slotting in at left centre. Um I just have concerns about Jackson Paulo being a left centre. I don't think he is a centre. I think he's better suited on the wing. And, and when that change happened, uh, their timing was a bit better um, and they were able to execute their, their shifts and their shape a lot better. Um, but I will say, although South in the first 60 minutes, they were disjointed, they were clunky, they were, you know, they weren't at their best. It looked like it was just a teething process and when it clicks with South Sydney, and it eventually will, because there's too many good players in that side for it not to click, it is going to be extremely dangerous for other teams in the competition. Um, you know, they've got one of the best fullbacks in the comp, in Latrell Mitchell. Um, I think Cody Walker's been a little bit disappointing to start the season. Um, but Lachlan Ilias, he's been um, playing really well um, for someone who's only played three games of first grade. He's probably outplaying... Um, uh, Cody Walker um, to start the season. Um, what about Melbourne, Xander? You want to touch um, on them? Yeah, they played pretty well in that first 60 minutes, but um, their possession at the end was pretty poor, honestly. Um, I saw that their completion rate went down to the 60s in total, and I was practically the last two minutes that had poor ball handling. So although they won, uh, Bellamy, Bellamy wouldn't be happy about that. Yeah, I definitely um, agree. Uh, but they just look so good. I've, I'm really liking the combination of Grant and Munster. Yeah, Harry I think Grant is the best nine Harry in the competition. I think he's the best number number nine in the competition. Um, obviously, last year it was Brandon, um, but I think it was a bit of a second year syndrome for Harry last year. Obviously, coming back to Melbourne from the Tigers, um, but I think he's the best number nine. What do you What do you think about that? Or are you still cool? Um, well, obviously. We love Cook, but um, Harry Grant was just too good on Friday or Thursday night. Um, with it, it kind of just does show that Melbourne song, they don't really need Brandon Smith. I feel like he just more adds to like the star power of that team. Like they can still really succeed in the in the comp without Brandon. But um, yeah, Harry Grant shows he probably is the best nine in the comp now. Yeah, I've uh, got to agree with that. 
First game on Friday was the St. George Illawarra Dragons 16 and the Penrith Panthers, the defending premiers, 20. Um, this matchup, I was actually really impressed with St. George. I think St. George looked good. And, you know, for a four-point loss to the defending premiers isn't anything to um, turn your nose at. It's a um, very good result for... Um, Penrith, obviously, they got the job done, which is what you've got to do. Obviously, every week as the defending Premier, you're going to get teams at their very best coming up against you. Billy Army kick out Xander. What a game here. Oh, that charge down was just, it was riding on the wall. His birthday, oh, not, not birthday, 100th game. Um, yeah, he played a marvellous game. Yeah, he sure did. Um, I want to touch on the Jaden Sewer incident. <sighs> I don't know what you think, but how you can be sin-binned for a tackle that was 0.14 seconds that's late. A joke. That's an honest, that's baffles an joke. It baffles me. No, it's a... But then you have... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I was just going to say, you know, for the Dragons to get that close with two sin-bins, I mean, they did pretty well. Yeah, I just... I, it just absolutely baffles me how that was a sin-bin. Uh, a, a horrible call. Um, and it, go, it goes a long way in defining a contest like that. But how does Jaden Sewer get simbinned, but Sean O'Sullivan, who stayed on the ground, got a concussion test, doesn't get ruled off by the independent doctor in the bunker? But then you have other players in round one who copped in Like, there was an incident at the back end of the game with Jack Bird. He takes a hit, a, a knee to the head. He stays down for a penalty, but he has to go off. So it's just... yeah. I, it's just this bunker, independent doctor in the bunker. They, they can't work together. Like they just, they've got to have a definite yeah. like decision. Okay, for if someone goes down, stays down, they have to come off like each time. Every player, depending not what the situation is, going to be a definite like out. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. What they're doing with the concussion process yeah. is the right thing. Yeah, I'm not saying you should not take people off the field for. Uh, concussions and um, if they show signs of concussions, l- allowing it to the independent doctor, but we just need the consistency. And it seems to be the common theme with anything in rugby league. There is never any consistency. So <laughs> Exactly. And, 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 and that's the big talking point coming out of this game. But what it should be is the Dragons are a final side this year with the way that they played. Would you agree? I, yeah, I can see it. Um, they played pretty well. I saw signs in the charity shield, obviously against South. Um, but yeah, they've been playing pretty. They played pretty well last two weeks. Um, I can see them around the eight range. I don't see them hanging with the top, obviously. But like, they obviously compete. But I see them winning in those games. But yeah, I see around maybe a six eight range. If they played really well this year. Yeah, look, I had them in le- in eleventh, and that was before watching them in the charity shield. And I don't want to read into the first couple of games too much. Uh, but they're definitely showing signs of promise. That's for sure. <laughs> The big clash on Friday night was the Roosters versus the Manly Seagulls. The Roosters won that contest 26 points to 12. What do you think about it? Um, it just shows that Manly can't really beat any of the top sides. I mean, and against any of the bottom sides, Manly will thrash them. But they just have, like, it's just really weird. They don't, they can't beat any of the pretty good sides. Like, you saw the Roosters dominated them this week and Penrith dominated them last week without Nathan. So... Mainly because they click it together, I guess. Yeah, I said that um, in my Manly season preview and then in the last um, review in round one, 
I really worry about Manly this year. Obviously, they've got no problems with beating sides like the Bulldogs, the Tigers, and the Cowboys. But it's when they come up against the big boys in the competition, they just seem to fade, and um, they don't rise to another level. Um, and that's pretty disappointing considering some of the players they have in that side. Obviously, Tom Trebojevic last season uh, was incredible, and no, no one was near him. Um, but I think Tedesco gave him a little masterclass on fullback play on Friday night. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. Teddy, I mean, he's trying to show why he is the number one fullback in the league. And a lot of people, after one season for Turbo, were calling him that. But um, yeah, he showed a Turbo, uh, uh, what is it, Tedesco masterclass there. Uh, and then on the Roosters, I thought they um, bounced back pretty well after their loss against Newcastle. Um, a very disappointing uh, performance from them in round one. But, you know, with the Roosters, their attack is um, will come together. Uh, you don't have the likes of Kiri, Walker, Tedesco, um, Connor Watson, and not score points. So um, how do you think they'll go this year? I know I've been very strong in them winning the Premiership. Do you see them going close? Obviously, they'll be contenders, I think. But, um, yeah, they, they, they got to that ninth game. Obviously, they're not worried about losing one game. They knew they were going to click together. It was just more about... Everyone playing again with each other after a lot of injuries from last year. But um, I think they'll get close this year. I'm not sure about winning the, the comp, but I think they'll be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've got to agree there. Um, Saturday afternoon, this was a fun contest in the Gold Coast heat. The Titans, they held on for a 20 points to 18 victory against the New Zealand Warriors. That sees the Warriors go to 0 2. Um, the Titans dominated this game. I think the scoreline um, sort of flattens the Warriors, um, who scored two tries in the last five minutes of the first half to eventually take the lead. Um, Titans, Xander, um, obviously a young spine. I've been, that's probably my biggest concern with them. Uh, what do you think about the Gold Coast and how they went on the weekend? Uh, I, think, I think it'll be a fun team. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, the young players, I think they played pretty well. Uh, obviously, that, that part of them being young is why they'll they might lose a couple of games that they should win throughout the season. But um, I'm liking Brimson at five eight so far. He's making a good couple of plays. That both Thurman try was really good. But um, yeah, it's good to see how it goes throughout the season and how they fare against like more of the top eight teams. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. You know, as I said, there's not a lot of experience in that spine. AJ Brimson obviously is the um. The main, the main man in that spine, and they missed him last week against the the Eels, probably in the in a shootout. And if they can get games which suit their style, um, high attacking. Um, obviously, they played on a Sunday afternoon. Then on a Saturday afternoon, so they've played in conditions which suits um, moving the football from side to side. And you know, when you got the likes of David Fafita on the edge, uh, if you're able to get him the ball early, um, they're going to cause teams a lot a lot of trouble. Um, New Zealand Warriors, I've got big, big concerns about them after the first two rounds. I just don't think, um, you know, Nathan Brown in his in his press conference after the game, he said, we're sick of developing players um, and we need to start focusing on winning games. I think, um, you know, but I just don't know where their points are going to come from. They are very much reliant on Reese Walsh, who's only the, at the age of 19. I just don't know if you can trust your organisation in those hands. Um, obviously, it's only his second year of first grade and, People are going to start coming at him a lot harder than they did last year. So I've got big concerns about the Warriors um, ahead. What do you think? 
Yeah, they're very reliant on um Reese Walsh. Um, I'm not sure. I like. Was there a reason Cody Nicarima didn't play? That was a, it. Was a selection decision, so they went um, Ash Taylor and Harris Devita in the halves, so they left Nicarima out of the squad. Which, um, you know, as you just said, there, it's, it's a confusing thing to do. Yeah, like at least put him at fourteen. Like he played pretty well at fourteen when he was there. I think last year or the year before, but um. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't see them why they're trusting a nineteen or twenty year old at who's just playing his second year and putting their pretty much whole team in his hands. It's just baffling. Yeah, it, that's exactly the word. It's baffling. It just doesn't make sense um, why they would do that, especially if they've got the likes of Nick Arima there. They brought Ash Taylor in. He wasn't flash hot. He was he was Ash Taylor basically, unfortunately, <laughs> which is which is disappointing. <laughs> But he, play, he played like Ash always does. He promises so much. But um, This was probably the game of, of the round for mine. 18 points to 6. The Cronulla Sharks got the job done over the Eels at a homecoming at Points Best Stadium. And it was their new man, Nico Hines, who won them the game after the siren with a conversion kick after he kicked 0 from 4. Xander, thoughts on this match? Uh, I only caught half of it the second half. I was doing something. But, um, yeah, I thought Cronulla should have won by a lot more. They're like, I saw this post today that Cronulla, they were unlucky to be 2-0, and but they're lucky not to be 0-2, which is – it's really it's really just outlines their season so far. Like, they've, they've played really good in both games, but there's just little things that could have cost them in both, and it cost them in one of them. But this week, um, Nico stepped up. Yeah, he did, and um, I'm loving the way Nico Hines is playing at fullback. I, he was probably my tip to be signing of the year this season, um, coming from Melbourne. He's just an unconventional halfback. Um, you, you know, he's similar to Jerome Hughes. You think when you think of a halfback, you think of a Cooper Cronk, who's an organizer who who steers his team around, but he's just willing to play football. And if he makes the if he takes the game on, um, I think Cronulla is just going to be successful this year. Uh, I've got big hopes for Cronulla, as you know. Um, and Nico Hines is going to be the reason for that. Um, just the way he plays at half, it's, it's not traditional. He plays both sides of the field. He takes the game on as a fullback, uh, like he's playing fullback. Um, what they do is they get their halves two passes off the ruck, give them space to play instead of getting in a first receiver all the time. And that only suits their um, game styles. So... What Fitzgibbon's doing, um, he's obviously suiting um, his attacking game plan to the players he's got, and that's just the um, the signs of such a great coach and his ability to do that instead of saying, this is the way I coach, this is the way we're going to play. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, they completed at 87% in this match. Um, so I don't think it's time to concern for Parramatta. Um, great try from Mitchell Moses there. Um, but... <laughs> You know, Parramatta, it's a tough contest uh, up against the Sharks at, at Shark Park. Um, Parramatta, what are your thoughts on how they went? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's um, just core for concern for that team. They played pretty well. Uh, just the crowd is better on the day. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't call for any concern with that team right now. Yeah, obviously, Parramatta looking to break that premiership drought. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do you think they can do it? Because... Obviously, at the start of the season, I was very um, not critical, but I was I was worried about Parramatta. I put them in seventh. I didn't think they would 
um, reached the peak because they haven't done it in final series. Um, do you think they can finally break that drought? Oh, it's, well, this year's the last year I see it happening. Um, with Papa Lee going uh, and Reed Marnie leaving the club at the end of the year, it's just it's pretty much like what you would say about South last year. The Premiership window's closing after this year. Yeah, you've um, you've got to agree, agree with that. Um, unless they have people who stand up and um, fulfil those spots, I just don't think they do in their their ranks at the moment. So it's Premiership or bust for Parramatta this year for mine as well. Uh, the last game on Saturday night was the this game just confused the absolute hell out of me. Um, the North Queensland Cowboys twenty six defeated the Canberra Raiders six, and you know Canberra, I've got cons. Concerns about Canberra. You can't lose 26 points to six against the North Queensland Cowboys with that roster. Obviously, um, they're going to win games of football, the Cowboys, but just the way they won, big concerns for Canberra. I don't think they are there mentally. I don't think they're mentally strong enough to compete in this competition. What do you think? I mean, they've been on like a down, a downhill kind of thing ever since that grand final. They just haven't, or well, maybe that one year, um, the year after, but they just. They lose games they shouldn't be losing. Like this game should have been in the Raiders' hands. Oh yeah, for sure. The Raiders should have wrapped this one up, and it should have been a, quite a simple road trip. But you know, full credit to the Cowboys though. You can't knock them. Oh, no. um, they showed up. They played hard, and um, they competed to the to the very end. Um, you know, the Hammer. He's he's obviously if he if he's He's the he's the man for them. Um, I think if, if the Hammer plays at an 8 out of 10, they're a chance at winning. Um, but if he's not, um, then I think they will struggle. Um, Jason Tamalolo, a lot of people have been critical of him um, over the past couple of years um, because we know how good he can be. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on Jason Tamalolo. What do you think he needs to do to recapture that form from... Uh, only a couple of years ago, which saw him earn a $10 million, 10-year contract? Uh, I think Peyton, I think he was dealing with a couple of injuries last year, so I think Peyton's probably just easing him into this year, and a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of weeks, we'll put him back in that maybe 60-minute game, so he only gets a little bit of a break. But um, I think we'll see Tamalolo really playing really at his best later in this year. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he, he does as well. Obviously, the game has changed a bit, but, you know, when you're as big as him and with his footwork and, and uh, ruck speed, you can always cause damage. The Canberra Raiders uh, completed at 56%. You just can't win a game of football when you complete at that level. Yeah, you can't win. The only example would say is that the South game, they pretty much was all luck. But, um, yeah, you can't complete at nearly 50% and expect to win a game. Yeah. Um, Sunday afternoon, the Newcastle Knights, that they go to 2-0 and and the top of the NRL Premiership after a 26 points to four victory against the West Tigers. I don't want to take anything away from Newcastle, but quite frankly, this was a disgusting performance from the Tigers. And it's so disappointing, especially considering the performance they had against Melbourne for 60 minutes and they threw that one away. Um, I think the one play that sums up the Tigers' organisation over the past 10 years is that Tyrone Peachy play when he's at marker. Um, that's one of our – that's one – sorry. I, that's one of the cl- uh, club captains making a play like that. It's just 
it's I've I've got big concerns about um, the Tigers where they're going to go this year um, after that because I think their their difference between their best game and their worst game are just astronomical. Like if they play to their potential, they can compete. They competed against Melbourne for sixty minutes on uh, in round one, but this performance on Sunday was just absolutely a bol- uh, shambolic. Um, thoughts on the Tigers, Xander? I mean, you pretty much summed it up right there. Um, it's just really disappointing to see like Tigers. They gave they they gave me a bit of hope for them this year with that performance in Melbourne. Like, okay, they might do a bit. They might do all right. Obviously not like top A, but like around that range. But just seeing that performance against the Knights, it's just really disappointing. And then, but obviously how good Jake Clifford was playing. He's been amazing the last two weeks. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I don't want to take anything away from Newcastle. Newcastle were the better team on the day. Um, Jake Clifford coming down from North Queensland, full preseason in that squad. And... Could we have said last year, Newcastle, no Clemmer, no Daniel Siafidi, no Ponga, and they win by 20, 22 points? We couldn't say, we couldn't say that last year. Um, you know that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened. They would have panicked. They would have struggled without those three. But Newcastle this year, a lot of people had um, concerns about them heading into the season. I was one of them. But geez, haven't they delivered in the first two rounds? Yes, it's only two rounds, but if they continue playing this way. Um, Dan Gagai as well in that centre spot. He's killing it um, in his return back to Newcastle. So um, Newcastle, top of the table. Obviously, it is only round two. And they have um, one of those wins are against the Wooden Spoon favourites. But they've just done what they have to do. Yeah, Gagai's been amazing the last two weeks. Um, He's really clicked into that. The joke of him only playing good of Origin, but like he put in two Origin performances the last two weeks. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. He's um bringing that form to um, club level, and I think he's really embracing being a leader in that squad. Obviously, it's a relatively young squad, Newcastle, and that's everyone's concerns. But um, I think he's relishing that leadership role, and uh, Tyson Frizzell as well. He was he was sensational on Sunday afternoon. Um, who who he who was the standing captain uh, for Ponga, who was out the last game of the round. It was Adam Reynolds' debut in the Brisbane Broncos colours, and it was sixteen points to ten with a victory over the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, Xander, thoughts on this game? Uh, I thought Herbie Farmworth was really good. He played really well. Um, Adam Reynolds, he's just he slot right in there. He, he played amazing. I still remember that that pass under the legs was freakish. It was just disappointing to see Stags drop that. But um, yeah, I think Broncos played pretty well. But Bulldogs, they they're there as well. I think they're doing all right. Yeah, this was this game pleasantly surprised me. Um, last week the Bulldogs they they got the job done, but they weren't impressive. And I think this week they got beat, but they were better. Um, and with Brisbane, they're two and zero. Um, you know, Reynolds has come in and he just looks to settle everyone down. Um, that's the one thing about Adam Reynolds; he's so cool, calm, and collected under pressure. Um, and he's going to be so good for that side with you know Tessie New out the back, Stags, Farmworth, as you said. Um, Bulldogs. Though, I just want to touch on 
Ockenbull. <laughs> he is not first grade standard. Would you agree? He just he just lacks it for me. Um, defensively, he seems to always be out of position. And, um, you know, that chip kick to Coates um, and then being burnt by Herbie Farmworth. Yes, they may have been an obstruction on the inside, which wasn't called, but there's no excuse for getting burnt off a scrum, is there? I mean, yeah, you can't really get burnt on a, off a scrum. That's really, what's it called? It's kind of embarrassing when you get burnt off a scrum. But it's under six. Exactly. Like, this it's, is it's, like fundamental footy. Like, this, should, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So, um, Matt Burton as well for the, the Bulldogs was very impressive. Um, I think his signing is only going to... Uh, make them better, and he's just developing so nicely as a player uh, right now. His kicking game on Sunday was sensational. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr., um, obviously it was his first game for the club against the Brisbane Broncos, his former side. Um, but it was he, – he, he walks that fine line, Tavita, and there's only a few players that do it now in this competition – but he just gets it wrong on too many occasions. So he dove at the legs of Adam Reynolds and you've got to protect the playmakers. Yes, I was critical on the sewer incident and that was 0.14 seconds. That's not a late tackle. This was late at the legs and it was the second one we saw this week with Mitchell Moses copying one as well. Mitchell, They, they both got unpunished. Yes, they were put on report and they'll probably spend some, some time on the sidelines. But when the kicker is in the air... You do not dive at the legs. It is simple as that. Put kick pressure on all you want. Because you're a coach and you're not putting kick pressure on, you get the shits. But if you get, if you get it wrong, it, it this needs to be eradicated out of our game. The playmakers need to be protected, but not become a protected species. I think that's what the concern is for me. What about you? I mean, it's not even just like a rule. It's, just a, it's, an, it's like an ethical thing within the game that you don't dive at the legs, even of any player. We see, like, dangerous tackles where they just dive at the knees. Like, this shouldn't be in the game. Like, they've been trying to be taken out for years, and it's just it's suddenly coming back through for some weird reason. But, yeah, it shouldn't be in the game. Yeah, 100%. And um, the sooner it gets out of the game, the better it is for everyone, because... You know, we don't want to see people being injured and we don't want to speak, see the likes of Savita Pangai Jr. on the sidelines because he is so exciting to watch when he is um, fit and firing. Um, so, yeah, but a, a good win for the Broncos. They're 2-0, um, you know, and I think they'll be playing finals football in 2022. What do you think? I think we'll have to wait and see, to be honest. Uh, they're, they're playing well, but, um, yeah, I can see them around there, actually. Well, thanks for joining me, Xander. Uh, this has been good fun talking through some footy. Thank you for having me, H. You will be back for you'll be back for the preview of round three as well. Uh, yep, um, most likely, I'd say. Yep, and um, yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, My, your time's been appreciated. My pleasure, H. Um, and that's that's all from the True Blue Sporting Podcast round two official review. As I said on Thursday morning, we will preview round three. Uh, in what's turning out to be a very exciting competition. What I do want to do quickly is just read through the ladder and see how that is, and that's something we'll do at this um, end of every round. The Newcastle Knights, as I said, are top of the table. The defending premiers are in second. Brisbane 
Storm round Brisbane and Storm round out the top four. The Cowboys move into fifth with the Dragons, Eels, and Roosters at the bottom half of the eight. Gold Coast Titans in ninth, Cronulla in tenth, the Bulldogs in eleventh, the Raiders in twelfth, the South Sydney Rabbitohs in thirteenth, the New Zealand Warriors in fourteenth, the West Tigers in fifteenth, and Manly running out the bottom of the latter, but not much concern there considering they started 0-4 last season. That's all we've got time for on the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Thanks once again, Xander, for joining me, and I'll see you guys next time.